let's look at uh, the sermon this morning that I've entitled Always On. And what I'd like to do this morning is just talk a little bit how that praying is important. How many of you believe that praying is important? It's important. But we're going to talk in particular about how to pray God's Word. Because there's nothing more powerful than when you lay a hold of the Word and you begin to pray the Word of God. Amen? So, Father, today, right now, we come to you as we share this Word right across the different campuses that we declare today that, Lord, your Word will come to us and it will encourage us that faith will rise in the hearts of men and women today, Father. That I thank you that you would circumcise our ears and give us a fresh passion, not just to pray, but how to pray the prayers of God, how to pray the Word of God, Father. I pray today that there would be a boldness. I pray today that there would be a fire that would be started in people's hearts, getting them to pray like they've never prayed before and getting them to pray the Word in Jesus' name. And everybody said Amen. Now, the sermon title is Always On, all right? Bump your neighbor and tell them God is always on. So, that's awesome. The scripture that we're going to use as a, as, a, as a basis to in which to launch this uh, sermon today is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, in the New King James Version. And there it says, praying always... With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the same with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. But what I want you to look at is praying always with all prayer. Say that after me. Praying always with all prayer. Say it one more time. All right. So now that's why my sermon title is always on. And for those of you that are tech savvy or you're, you know, part of the millennials or the XYZ generation. I'm part of the XYZ generation. I know that's the young, young, young ones, but I like to think I'm still young. But the word, the term always on really refers to systems that are continuously available, always plugged in or connected to power sources and networks. When you see the word always on, that's what it really refers to. And always on may also refer to systems that are, are always operational. They're always operational. That they don't take breaks, but they continue to burn all through the hours of the day and night. Amen. And aren't you glad that God doesn't have an off position button? There's no time that you can come to God and then there's a sign that says temporarily unavailable. God is always available. He is always ready. He is always ever willing. Amen. And I love that about our God, that it doesn't matter what time of the day. It doesn't matter what day of the week. It doesn't matter what month of the year it is. Hallelujah. God is always on. I want everybody to say that after me. God is always on. That's right. He's always available. The question then is not when God is, but the question then is, when are you? When are you? Because if God is always on, then it actually means that really the ball is in our court. In other words, how much do you want to engage with God? How desperate are you to converse and fellowship 
with an awesome and mighty God. How willing are you today to make yourself available to receive from this incredible God who is incredibly in love with you? Can I get an amen today? So then it's always, the, the question then is, is then, if we're saying we're available and we want to pray, how then do we pray? What do we say to this incredible God? Amen. So I want to just give you some quotes of what some people said. Bill Bright, who's uh, started the Campus Crusade for Christ, this is what he said. He said, many Christians struggle for years over how to pray effectively, not realizing that the best prayers ever prayed can be found in God's Word, the Bible. Hallelujah. All right. And then not only that, but how many of you have heard of John Maxwell? Great leadership man. This is what he said. When I became serious about learning the Word of God and obeying what it taught, it made an impact on me. But when I learned to pray scriptures, that's when the Word really came alive to me. And my prayer gained power because I was praying using God's Word, which is eternal. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Well, let's look at what Andrew Murray, a great man of God that was used mightily by God, look at what he said. Little of the Word with little prayer is death to the spiritual life. Much of the Word with little prayer gives a sickly life. Much of prayer with little of the Word gives more life but without steadfastness. But then, the last sentence, a full measure of the word and prayer each day gives a healthy and powerful life. Can you say amen this morning? Now, family, I don't know about you, but I've come to the conclusion that the best way to pray is by praying the scriptures. Because actually, all prayer is really a response to what God has already said in his word. That's what prayer really is. Now, you can read the Bible academically. You can read it, you know, in the Hebrew, in the Greek. You can, you can follow all of its moral codes and principles. You can appreciate all of the history, all of the archaeological facts, scientific facts that are in it. You can enjoy the Word emotionally. But until you are moved to respond to God in prayer... You have not really heard the word of God. So it's important. Hearing the word and praying the word are inseparable. Amen. When you hear the word that comes as a result of you reading the word, prayer is actually attached to that. So reading the word and praying the word are inseparable. Amen. And together, when you pray the Word, you read the Word, and you pray the Word, you are basically marking your agreement with the will of God. Because this is the will of God. It's the Old Testament, which is the old will, and the new will. Testament means will. So when you pray the Scriptures, you are actually agreeing, coming into line with the will of God. And when you pray the Word, you are actually saying, God... I am partnering with you. I am in agreement with you 
And that's why there is nothing more powerful than praying the word, okay? So let's have a look. Let's ask this question then. Why do we need to pray the word? Why do we need to pray the word? And I'm going to give you, I think there's about nine reasons why we need to pray the word. We need to pray the word because simply, number one, Jesus prayed the word. Amen. Because Jesus prayed the word. And we follow Jesus. He's our mentor. Amen. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. So if Jesus prayed the word, then we pray the word. When he was on that cross dying, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where does that come from? That comes from Psalm 22, which tells me that Jesus would have had to study the word, meditate the word, and then know when to pray that word in his circumstance. He took that word and applied it and applied it rightly and prayed the scriptures. Can you say amen? So we follow likewise. Why do we need to pray the word? Because number two, not only did Jesus pray the word, but the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints prayed the word. Hallelujah. Now, if Jesus prayed the word and the Old Testament and New Testament saints prayed the word, you think we ought to pray the word? I think we ought to pray the word. Amen. So, for example, you can write this down in your little boxes there, the blue box. Take extra notes down in Nehemiah chapter 9. When the Israelites are confessing their sins, they get to a place there where they are before the priests, they are confessing their sins because of the ruins of the walls in Jerusalem, they begin to quote another Old Testament scripture found in Exodus 34 and 6. And so here we find Old Testament saints that are busy praying and they make reference to other Old Testament scriptures. So they would have had to have read the word, meditate the word, know the word, and then know by revelation when to pray that word. Bump your neighbor and tell them it's important to pray the word. In the New Testament, in Acts chapter 4, it basically says there, verse 24, Acts 4, 24. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. Okay, this is now when the Sanhedrin have just released Peter and John from prison. And, they, and the early church heard it. How did the early church respond? So the Bible says they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? They begin to quote Psalm 2 right in the middle of that prayer, which means that those Early Christians in the book of Acts knew the scriptures. They were reading the Psalms. They were into the word, and they knew how and when to pray the word. Can you say amen? amen. Why do we need to pray the word? Number three, we need to pray the word because the word will help you focus. Say with me, focus. focus. Right, when you're praying, you know, your mind is wandering all over the place, but, but, you, but it'll help bring focus. And why is focus important? Focus is important because it'll help you to prioritize your prayer life and how you pray, what is important. And it'll also help you to be intentional about your prayer, about how you pray. Amen. We've got to be intentional about our praying. 
As a matter of fact, I said, anything you do in life, if you want it to succeed, you've got to be intentional. I mean, listen, for that whole engagement to come about, Pastor Kwanda was intentional. And Nondomiso was intentional. They didn't just say, oh, well, we're just going just gonna to chill, just going to relax, just going to see what's going to happen. I'm going to talk to Pops and see what Pops has to say. And then we're just going to kick back and chill. And No, they were intentional about this thing. If you're starting a business, you've got to be intentional about that business. You've got to wake up two hours earlier if you want to own that business and manage that business. Then when everybody's gone home, you're two hours late because you're doing this and you're getting it ready for tomorrow and the weekend, you're planning. You've got to be intentional. So praying the word helps us to focus. Say that word, focus. And what does focus do? Focus helps us to prioritize. Jesus addressed that when he said in Luke chapter 11... Verses 1, and so this is what it says there. Verse 1, Luke 11, New King James Version. When it came to pass, as he was praying, in a certain place. That's why I tell people, find yourself a place. Find yourself a place, all right? Yeah, we ought to be able to commune with God while you're in the taxi, while you're standing in, in line in the bank. You can still be fellowshipping with God, but there's nothing like finding yourself a place that you can shut the door. You can switch off your cell phone and your Facebook and your whatever else it is, and you find a place and you can see God. So it says he found a place when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you a model of how to pray, a format. Because he's not into, about, into you and I repeating words, repeating words. All right? Later on, he talks about that. And he says, he says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So praying the scriptures will help us to prioritize our prayers. Otherwise, it's all about me, myself, I. Oh, Lord, you know, I need that job. Lord, bless me. Lord, favor me. Lord, increase me. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. And it's all about me, myself, I. Praying the word will help you prioritize your praying. In other words, it's we, we, we come and we lift up the name of Jesus. We hallow him. I spend a good 30 minutes, 40 minutes sometimes just going through the different names of God. You're my Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is my peace. Thank you for peace, the God kind of peace. Lord, you are my Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is ever present. You're with me in my going out. You're with me in my coming in. God, you are God Almighty. You are El Gibor, the Lord who is mighty. I spend a great deal of time just attributing all the honor, the praising to God, because that's how Jesus taught us to pray. So when you pray the scriptures, it'll help you prioritize. It's not about your job. It's not about your health. It's not about your relationships. It's not about your finances. Are those not important? Of course they are important, they, and, and they will find their place in your praying. But you have to start off by starting with God first at adoring him, just speaking that name, just mentioning that name, magnifying that name. Everybody understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So when you pray the word, it'll help you focus. It'll help you be intentional. How many of you know when you pray, you're praying, and suddenly your mind starts to drift, and, uh, and it's not the car that's drifting, but it's your mind that's drifting. 
and you begin to wander, and then suddenly you hear a siren outside. I wonder if that's the police or it's the ang- You've never wondered about that before when you hear the siren, but now that you're praying, suddenly there's an interest. Is it a, is it a police siren? I wonder if it's a fire engine siren. I wonder if it's an ambulance siren. I wonder who it is. I mean, you, you, that's not what you've been, you know, we hear those sirens all the time, but now that you're praying, that's what's happening, all right? And while you're praying, you're looking at your roof, your ceiling. Oh, Lord, I never saw that before. The cornice seems to be lifting from the wall and the ceiling. And then you grab a chair to see, you know, what needs to be done. Not that you're going to do anything afterwards, but you're just examining that cornice while you're praying. Does it ever happen to anybody? Or is it just me? And then you're praying and you see there's some papers on your desk. Oh, that needs to be filed. Well, I'm sure God doesn't mind. While I'm praying, I'll just file them quickly. Put them in the file. (laughs) So when you pray the word, it'll help you focus. Keep your mind on God. Keep your mind on the things of God. And that's exactly what praying the word does. Number four, why do we pray the word? Because it helps us take God at his word. Hallelujah. When we pray the word, we say, now God, this is what your word says. And there are times when I put the Bible on the floor and I literally stand on the word. I say, God, I'm standing on your word. I've got nothing else to stand on. You said in your word that by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. Now I'm standing on your word. I'm taking you at your word. It's what you said. And you said, let God be true and every man be a liar. And so I'm I'm standing on your word. I am taking you at your word. And I'm praying this word today because I believe it with all of my heart, with all of my soul. All of my faith is not in me. It is in you and in your word. And I'm taking you on your word. Can you say praise the Lord? Why do we pray the word? Because number five, it helps us to pray the will of God. See, a lot of people don't know what the will of God is. Well, if it be your will for this man to be saved, why would Jesus come and down a cross for three people only? Or 144,000 people only? He died for the whole wide world. It is the will of God that every man, every woman, every child be born again and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So when you pray for somebody's salvation, well, God, if it be your will for my uncle to be saved, if it be your will, you know, I don't want to go against your will. No, read the Bible. It is the will of God. Amen. So when we pray the word, we are praying the will of God. And there, there's a confidence that comes. There's nothing, it's almost like the enemy can pick up when we are vacillating, when we are uncertain. If you're uncertain about stuff, the enemy knows, hey, they don't really know the will of God. So we can play, we can lie to them, we can do all kinds of stuff, all right? So what does the Bible say? The Bible says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, 1 John 5, maybe in those blue boxes, you can write that down. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, that God has to go back and have an AGM meeting and discuss it and see if the eldership in heaven are all in agreement. Is that what it says there? 
Now it says he hears us. Now this is the confidence. When we pray the word and we are praying the will of God, there is a supernatural confidence that comes that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that I know. Hallelujah. That's the confidence. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions, right, that we have asked of him. So when you pray the will of God, let me tell you, there is a confidence, there is a boldness. We know that God hears us, and we have the confidence to know that I, we have already received that. In my spirit realm, I've received that already. It's just a matter of time before it manifests in the physical realm. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. What did Jesus say in John 15, verse 7? You can write this scripture down. He said, if you abide in me and my words, my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's, that's when you pray the will of God. I tell you what, when you pray the word of God, you're praying the will of God. Can you say amen? Why must we pray the word? Because number six, it'll help to build our faith in our hearts. Romans 10 and 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you read the scriptures, I always recommend reading the scriptures out aloud so that you, so that you can hear your voice. And when your ears hear your voice speaking the word, faith rises, faith builds up on the inside of you. Hallelujah. That's how faith comes when you read the scriptures. And when you begin to pray the scriptures, you are really just fueling your faith. Number seven, why do we pray the word? Because it, it, it becomes a declaration in the realm of the spirit. When we pray the word, we are, we are speaking. It becomes what we are decreeing, what we are declaring over the airwaves and when we call, because this word, this word is not a dead word, it's, it's a living word. This word is a living word. Hebrews 4 and 12 says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So this is not a dead letter, it's living word. It's a living word, hallelujah. And it has the power to give life and to recreate. So when you pray the scriptures... My goodness, into nothing, into chaos, into disorder, all right, you are releasing the power of the living word to go forth, and what, when it lands upon what is dead, it'll cause the dead to come back to life. Hallelujah. What did Paul write in Romans 4 and 17, talking about Abraham and Sarah, who were well past childbearing age? Look at verse 17. As it is written, I've made you, Abraham, even though you're 100 years old and you're past childbearing age, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom Abraham believed God. And what did he believe? That God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So when you pray the word, my goodness me, 
It doesn't matter what the circumstances. As a matter of fact, the more dead the circumstances, the more powerful that word will work. The more written off by the doctors, the doctors have sh shaken their head, nothing more that they can do. That's when you pray the word. When the economists have said, that's it, the country now is in rack and ruin, that's when you pray the word over your business, hallelujah. And that word that carries the life of God, when it lands on that thing, whatever is dead brings back to life. Whatever was without hope brings hope right now. Whatever was in darkness, when the word lands on it, will cause the Son of God to shine on that circumstance. Can you say amen? Number eight, why do we pray the word? Because it helps us to understand God better. When we read the Bible, the Bible really teaches about God's character, about God's being, about His power, about His abilities, about His characteristics. You will never know God unless you read the Bible. This book is about God. It is about the love of God. It is a love story about the love that God has for you and I. Right across the campuses this morning, I want to tell you that this book is about God's love for you. Maybe you've never taken enough time to read this book. I want to encourage you, read it and pray it, and you will get to know more about the personality, more about the God that we serve. Hallelujah. Number nine, why do we pray the word? Because it helps us to memorize scriptures when you pray the word. When you pray the word, you, it helps you to remember the scriptures better. You are praying the word over and over. And over time, what happens is you, you begin those, those prayers that you have prayed, the word that you have prayed goes into your spirit, man, and you begin to somehow just retain the memory. You, be, you begin to speak that word out. You have better recall capability when you pray the word. All right, now, how can we pray the word? How can we pray the word? Come on. Can you show us, Pastor? Can you help us? How do we pray the word? Well, the first thing is, if you're going to pray the word, you have to take time to read and study the word. All right? So that's why I say, find yourself a place, get yourself some coloring pens, and mark your Bible, you know, and underline your Bible. Actually, every year, you should buy yourself a brand new Bible. And then you just write, because you read a passage of Scripture and what I do then is whatever is highlighted to my spirit, whatever jumps out at me, I begin to circle, underline. I've got certain codes for different color pens, you know, like purple is all about prayer and, uh, you know, uh, faith is all pink stuff in my Bible. And, and, and I underline and I make notes and I write something down because it's something that God is quickening to my spirit. So, first of all, you read and study the Word, and you speak it out, you declare it, and then you begin to pray that Scripture, and you can personalize that Scripture, all right? So, for, the best way to do that is, for example, let's say you want to start with Psalms. So, okay, let's, let's go to Psalm, Psalm 9, Psalm 91, which is a Psalm that many folks know. So, let's look at Psalm 91. And I'm just going to show you, give you an example of how you can pray the Word. Psalm 91, all right? And maybe you can, you can pick any verse there. But let's say there, verse 9, it says there, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. 
for he shall give his angels charge over you. So how would you pray that? Well, then you say, Lord, thank you for Psalm 91. That's a great way to start. Thank you for Psalm 91, verse 9, Lord. And you said in your word here that because I, me, John Torrance, have made you the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, my dwelling place. Now, God, that's what I purpose today. I pray you are my dwelling place. You are my refuge. I purpose in my heart of hearts to make you my Lord. Okay, you can pray verse 9. Pray that over. You have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. And because of that, Lord, I declare no evil shall befall me. No evil shall come before me, Lord. No forms of wickedness. In other words, God, it doesn't matter what people have said about me, wicked words that have been spoken, plans that have been devised, incantations that have been spoken right now, because I have made you my Lord, my refuge, the one that I believe in, Lord, I declare Psalm 91, verse 9, no evil shall befall me. Hallelujah. Right? And then nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. Lord, my dwelling means even my family, my children. It means my aunts and my uncles and my grandmas. I mean, you can, you can just extend it and begin to personalize it and pray. No, no plague shall come. No plague shall come. No plague shall come, whether it be sickness plague, whether it be a mental plague, whether it be an emotional plague. Lord, no, it even means uh, that I'll, my marriage will not be plagued. Maybe my great father, they all got divorced, and maybe there's a, 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 it's not in our family, but maybe in your family where there's been divorces, divorces. You say, no, that plague of divorce is not coming into this marriage. I mean, if you can see. So you're praying the word, man. No plague shall come near my dwelling place. My children are protected. My car is protected. This car will not be plagued with rust or with engine problems or with, I don't know, gearbox problems. Pray the word. Pray the word. Hallelujah. I mean, you can carry on and on and on. The other thing that you can do is just pray God's promises. There's a whole lot of promises that you can pray in God's word. A simple, simple one is Hebrews 13 and 5 that basically says that God will never leave you nor forsake you. So you just pray that. as a, It's a promise. It's a promise that God says. He says there, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So whether you feel lonely or not is, is irrelevant. If you know the word, the word says he will never leave you. Now, you might leave God and forsake God, but he will never leave you nor forsake you. So you take that word and say, God, 13, 5, Hebrews 13, 5 says, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And so, God, I want to be honest. I'm feeling a little bit lonely today, and I don't have a spouse, <clears throat> or I don't have a companion, but you said you will never leave me nor forsake me. So therefore, I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to be down because you are with me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Thank you right now, Lord, that when I'm going through a storm, you'll never leave me. When I'm going through some difficulty, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. 
You are there with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in me, on me, and with me. How many of you can see? So you take that promise and you take that scripture and you just begin to pray the word. And when you pray the word, I tell you what, great things happen. There is nothing more powerful than when you pray the, pray the word. Because sometimes we spend a lot of times talking to God and, and we, we talk like nonsense stuff and we negate the will of God. We, neg- we, we actually bind God's arms because of, our, of, our, of the way that we pray, right? So for example, you know, like I, I heard people saying, God, you come today and bind every stronghold. No, he's not going to do that. He's waiting for you to do that. He's waiting for you to address principalities and powers. Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave. Then he ascended on high. And because of that, you and I are victorious and we are overcomers. And then he gave us his name. And he said, in my name, in my name, what will you do? You will cast out devils. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So he's, he's done everything he needs to have done. That's why we keep repeating what the reap vision is. What is the reap vision? Reaping everything that Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. All right? So we know Jesus did a whole lot on the cross. And then he breathed the Holy Ghost upon 120 people. And then he left them. And he said, now, get on with it. Get on with it. You bind whatever needs to be bound. You loose whatever needs to be loosed. All authority I've given to you. When you use my name, it's just as if I am down there. But I'm not going to come and do the work for you. I'm not going to bind. I'm not going to rebuke. I'm not going to cast down. I've given you the power to do that. So when you discern a stronghold and you recognize whatever principality is, what do you do? Jesus, would you bind this thing? No, no, no. You bind it. You have the authority. You have the name of Jesus. You have the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And when you pray and bind that thing in the name of Jesus, all of heaven comes into agreement with you. All of the angels work overtime to get that thing dispatched, and you see heaven invading the earth. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is always on. But it's up to you and I to find time to pray the word. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say praise the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed right across the campuses today. Wanted to just encourage you with that word that God is always on. There's no off button with God. He's always on. I'm going to ask everybody just to remain seated. This is a most precious moment. It's like we're walking on holy ground. And we don't want to trample what is holy. And I know right now that even as we've been speaking, I know the thing that stops you from conversing with God and communing with God many a times is because, uh uh-oh, there's things in my heart. There's things that I've done and Right now, I don't feel holy enough. I don't feel good enough. God, what would you want from me? I am a sinner anyways. But I'm here to tell you right across the campuses in Hillcrest, in Phoenix, Galway, that God loves you.
Don't let that thing stop you today from coming to God. Even those that are watching by way of live stream. In whatever part of the world you are from. I'm here to tell you that God loves you. Does he know what you did? Of course he does. He wouldn't be God otherwise. He wouldn't be all-knowing otherwise. So God is very much aware of the things that we've done. That maybe today you're saying, you know what, I'm not too proud. I, 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 I'm just not happy today. I'm, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've messed up. I've know, I know that I've slipped up with God. I know that I've fallen short with God. And here's what I want to say to you. You don't have to stay in that place. Today you can come back to God. And you can find freedom. And you can be cleansed of every transgression. However many they were. doesn't matter. The blood. There's sufficient power in the blood to cleanse you and wash you free from every guilt, from every condemnation, from every sin, from every failure. You say, well, pastor, do I have to get myself right first and then come to God? No, he will take you just the way that you are. That's what I love about God. And I keep saying it every Sunday because it's a real fact about God that he just takes you the way that you are in the mess that you are in. He takes you cleans you up, and gives you a brand new life. So here's what I'd like to do right across the campuses. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want everybody praying right now. Because there are people that really today need to come back to God. Because God loves you. And there are people today that will know the love of God. They will come to know the forgiveness of God. They will come to know the acceptance of God. That God has pardoned me. And that God receives me. And he'll do that in just a moment. When I get to three, I'm going to count to three. I want you just to raise your hand as a sign for me to pray. Right across the campuses. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. Right where you're seated. I'll pray for you right where you are. This is not to embarrass you. This is not about we're going to expose you. Nothing like that. But it's a moment, it's an opportunity where we can believe God together with you. All right? And so here we go. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Already you're feeling the tug in your heart. What's that, pastor? That's God pulling at your heart because he loves you so much. And right now, he's coming to you in a special way. You ready? Here we go. One, two, get ready. Three, lift your hand up high and say, here's my hand, pastor. God bless you. God bless you. Don't be shy. Lift your hand up high. In the back, I see that hand. In the front, God bless you, ma'am. Keep your hand uplifted in the middle. I see that hand right now. Thank you. I see that other hand right now. Can I get the workers just to go out there? Somebody's gonna come to you just to pray with you and believe God with you. That's all. That's all we want to do across the campus. Lift your hand up high. Somebody will come. Down at the Galway campus, lift your hand up high. Somebody will come just to pray with you and stand with you. I see those hands. Here's what I'd like to do right across the campuses. Everybody, I'd like everybody to pray this prayer. Would you say after me, Heavenly Father, I come today in Jesus' name. Just as I am with all of my faults, all of my failures, 
and all of my sin. And I ask you for forgiveness. I repent today. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. And I receive eternal life, the forgiveness of all of my sins. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.